Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, Take the Cake, and welcome or welcome back to the show. I am, it's Labor Day, and I'm working on Labor Day because I'm self-employed. I just literally always forget to like take (laughs) these types of holidays off, Um, and I have like lots of international clients, so I have like a client who lives in Canada who I'm seeing today (laughs) because, you know, she doesn't, it's not a holiday for her. At least I don't think, is it a holiday for her? Is, is Labor Day in Canada too? I don't know. Anyways, I am here recording this intro on this lovely hot Labor Day uh, weekend, and I'm really, really excited about today's guest interview. We have Amanda Montavlo, who I was so keen to have on. I asked her and I was like, please, 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 my fingies were crossed. And she, of course, she said yes, because she's here on the show. So Amanda is a women's health dietitian and hormone expert. She has a history of painful, heavy periods, PMS, acne, digestion symptoms, and a lack of energy. And she personally healed her own uh, body through nutrition and mineral balancing protocols that she now works with her clients on. And she's all about the root cause and the metabolism, which, which I love so much. And so in this episode, we talk about so much It's jam-packed with knowledge that I get so geeked out about because if you're anything like me, you love learning about the human body and how to love it more and take care of it more. And so we talk about thyroid health, PMS, PCOS, minerals, metabolism. We talk about the importance of finding pleasure in food. We talk about how the body assimilates food differently depending on your stress levels. And then she gives us some, you know, some quick tips on how to just support your body more through your healing journey. And it's just super fascinating. So I love this episode. I, I, I want to say, I guarantee you're going to like it too. We'll see about that. Hopefully you do. And if you do like this episode, please feel free, um, to give me a rating and a review and let me and or Amanda know how you liked it. And I'll leave all of her information in the show notes. So thank you so much, Amanda, for being on the show. And I hope that y'all enjoy this episode. Let's start out. Why don't you tell my audience and me about how you ended up in this this career field and it's pretty specific. So I'd love to just know how you ended up doing what you do. Yeah. So, and I always think about this before I do a podcast. I'm like, man, this story is changing because I keep getting older. Um, Because I used to say like eight years ago. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 12 years ago. Okay. So 12 <laughs> years ago when I was 20, I got off the pill. I was I was studying to be a dietitian. So I knew I wanted to do work with food and like help people understand like nutrition and everything. I always had that passion, but um, I never thought I'd work with women ever. I was like, no, I just wasn't very into it. I was an athlete. So I was like, I'm going to do sports nutrition. I'm going to help athletes. I did want to help female athletes, but 
didn't go beyond that. Um, and then I decided to come off the pill. I was making like all these lifestyle changes. Like I, I found CrossFit and that led me to things like paleo, which I do not subscribe to anymore, but I don't regret that time in my life because it brought me here. Um, and so I'm like changing all these things and the foods and, you know, even like what I'm putting on my body and I'm like, why am I taking a prescription medication and putting hormones into my body every day? If I'm doing like all this other stuff, um, obviously I was doing it to prevent my pregnancy, but I was like, is there a better way? Uh, so I found fertility awareness method. I researched the copper IUD and my plan was like copper IUD. Once I feel comfortable, I'll use fertility awareness method. So I come off the pill. I do nothing to prepare, right? Very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think nothing of it. You know, my doctor's like, yeah, just stop taking it. I'm like, cool. And then I don't get my period back. It's been like, so it, like four months goes by and I'm like, oh, it's just starting to like not feel great. You know, I'm kind of worried. But then the doctor's like, it can take up to a year for some women. And I'm like, okay, um, whatever, you know, I think it's no big deal. And then, you know, my skin starts freaking out. I get really bad acne, which I already had before, but it's like worse. Um, my thyroid tanked all of a sudden I have no energy and I was a collegiate athlete at the time. So I'm like, this like can't happen. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like I was in dietetics internships. I was studying, I was constantly working out and I'm like, this literally can't happen. And so I was going to doctors and doctors and it turns out I had hypothyroidism. Um, and just not really getting any help. And it was like, I'd go to one doctor, they send me to another doctor, and then I'd do all these labs and they'd all be normal. And I'm like, well, obviously it's not normal if I still don't have my period. And so that's when I just started doing my own research. I'm like, what can I do with food? Like, there's gotta be something. Um, And it totally changed my career trajectory. I still did compete in athletics for a while, um, but then eventually I retired from all that and like just was full force on women's health. Cause I was like, even talking to friends, you know, no one knows this stuff. We didn't have Instagram back then. Uh, or at least it like wasn't popular. So we were, I would like learn stuff and then tell all my friends and, you know, it just kind of like grew from there. And I was like, I just want to do this forever. So eventually I shifted to Instagram. Wow. So cool. I literally was texting my friend this morning about how she's got some hormonal imbalances and she's experiencing hair loss. Yesterday I was talking to a different group of girlfriends and we're all just like talking about all these like weird experiences we've had with the pill, with just going to the doctor and being confused. Like it is so like, I'm laughing, but it's actually such a huge deal that we have so much to deal with and we don't have the support or the help or anything. And it's interesting, like you are in the you know, not the medical field as a dietitian, but I mean, you're in a health related field studying this. And it's just really interesting how even you were left with like question mark, question mark and not prepared. And I don't know, I was on the pill three times in my life. They were all pretty short lived like experiences. Like I would say less than a year, which maybe that's not short lived, but to me, I feel like so many women are, yeah. So many women are on the pill for like 10 years or something. And I'm like, that wasn't me. Um, but I didn't prepare either. I was just like, okay, one day I'm going to (laughs) stop. It was just an interesting experience, uh, for me because at the time I had was dealing with an eating disorder. So, I mean, that was like a whole other realm of, of problems. Um, so I didn't even have a cycle. So anyways, all that to say, they put you on it to give you a cycle. Um, so I had an eating disorder, like severe eating disorder from a really young age. So I actually like delayed my puberty by many, many years. So I actually got on the pill 
as soon as I got my period. I got my period when I was 16. So oh, wow. I know. So I was already like, I just wanted to get on the pill because all my friends had their period. It's just like that time of your life where you're like, yeah. I don't know, 16. I just feel like every one of my friends was on it and my sister was on it. So I was like, okay, I just need to be on the pill. And so I had one period naturally. And then for the rest of my, you know, most, most of my, you know, high school, early high school, I was on it. So yeah, I, I have no idea like when my body, what my body was trying to say to me or what was, what was trying to do. Cause I was masking it with the pill. Um, okay. Thank you for sharing your story. Tell me, I want to know some indicators of hormonal imbalances that you see in your practice, maybe even some that are obvious and maybe even some that are like less obvious. Yeah. And, and I always think hormone, I tend to like group it in with thyroid because mm-hmm. thyroid is so connected to our hormones. Um, but I think like the obvious ones are like lots of PMS and period pain. Like we're, I remember growing up thinking this was so normal because everyone had it, right? Like everyone had cramps for the most part. Like a lot of my friends did. Um, it, we normalize PMS even to this day with like, you know, are you getting your period? Like if you're in a bad mood or something. Um, so I would say like, that's like number one. And I think most women fall into some dysregulation, like in that category. Um, but then there's also plenty of like less obvious ones. Like I do think acne is one and everyone wants to blame it on hormones, but it is often related to thyroid and gut health. So I would, yeah. So I would say like, if you're going to go, like, say for example, someone thinks it's hormonal acne, maybe they have PCOS, um, underneath that is typically there's still it's more like insulin like blood sugar driven and then thyroid driven so it's like if you're going to get to the root of the root if we're really going down there which is where i tend to go with everything then it's you're going to go even deeper and it's often thyroid related um our thyroid touches every cell in the body so like there's no way it's not going to impact something uh so i would say like acne is one i I guess people that's a common one people know um even gut issues can be very driven from like if we think of our thyroid that controls our metabolism and our metabolism is so much more than just like if you are underweight overweight whatever like fast or slow it, metabolism is really how you take the your food and turn it into energy mm-hmm. and so if we have a slower metabolism like if our thyroid is has slowed down that slows everything down and that means every function in the body and digestion is a super obvious one that typically those symptoms come up first um, because we all pay attention to that, right? We're all eating all day long and trying to have bowel movements. So one of the first things I typically see is like constipation because someone's not breaking down their food properly, um, or not eating enough. That's like another common one to go with that, um, which will also impact your thyroid. But I would say like digestive issues, whether that's bloating, constipation, those are like big red flags. Um, and then even like your body temperature is a really common one. I don't know, like if your audience, if you have a lot of people that use fertility awareness method, if they're taking their basal body temperature, but that's like really great indicator of how is your metabolism, your thyroid hormone health, right? So if we think of just your basal body temperature in general, like that's your body temperature at rest. And it's, it's basically removes all the different things like exercise and food and outside factors that can change your temperature. So that's why you do it first thing in the morning. And if that's low, then that's an indicator of a slower metabolism, right? You don't have as much body heat, you're burning less energy. And what I often see with that are things like, you know, 
hormone imbalances where you have lots of PMS, maybe you have acne, maybe you have really painful ovulation, like mid-cycle. I see that a lot um, because estrogen imbalances. Um, But then also like hair loss, that is a huge one that is so metabolically related. Um, And yes, that can go into hormones because like too much estrogen can cause hair loss, not enough progesterone, um, too much of the male hormones like androgens. Um, So it's kind of one of those things where our hormones definitely impact every area of our body. But if we think of where does that, what do we do with that? Because hormones are, it's like, okay, you have, so you have high estrogen. How did it get high? Right? Like that's yeah. usually the next question. That's why I focus so much on metabolism because your metabolism is where the change happens first. And then the downstream effect is what you're seeing as your symptom. I love it. This is why I'm obsessed with your podcast and your work. I am just obsessed with this root being root cause being a metabolic issue because it's so easy. And like, I know for a fact I was in this boat and I know for a fact, so many of my audience members or audience listeners are in this boat of thinking of this, like, okay, I have, I have digestive symptoms or I have a missing period or I have really bad PMS or I have hair loss as like, that is the root of it. Like a food, a food intolerance, or, um, I don't know anything. Right. So it's, I love this. This is so good. Tell tell me more about this. Yeah. And then, so it's like, then I focus on metabolism and then it's like, okay, well, what's the root of the metabolic issue? Minerals. Minerals, (laughs) So if we're going to go to the root of the root, then it would be minerals um, because minerals are what fuel enzymes in the body. And enzymes are, it's just like fancy term for things that kick off reactions. So like, I like to refer to them as spark plugs. Um, I know nothing about cars, but they do help (laughs) get things going and kick off the different reactions in order to make energy in the car and to make it run. And it's the same thing in our bodies. So if we don't have enough of certain minerals like magnesium and calcium, for example, very important for making oxygen and for making energy. So if we don't have certain minerals, then of course that's going to impact how much energy we produce. And then that's going to impact our metabolism. Um, And then of course, like if we have too much of a certain mineral or too little of one imbalances that can just lead to dysfunction in different systems of the body. So I think minerals are really helpful. It's also nice because you can focus on food more, you know, versus like, I mean, I fell into that boat too, of like focusing on symptoms like high estrogen. Like I used to do so many hormone tests because I thought estrogen was my issue because after the pill and then I had the copper IUD for seven years, my estrogen was always high. And I was so focused on that, but I just didn't, I could not grasp that like, well, what's making my estrogen high? I thought it was like, yes, gut issues can do that. But a really a lot of it more was just the fact that, you know, I was very depleted in general because of like stress, probably definitely not eating enough, over-exercising, all those things. And then that really, really tanked my thyroid, which then impacted my estrogen and progesterone. Mm-hmm. So interesting because all these things that you are saying that impacted your health and your metabolism in a negative way are like still to this day, so commonly seen as the ticket to probably healing high estrogen. It's crazy. It is so wild. And I, in both of us, I guess I can say just from what you had just said, have experienced that. Like when you put all of your eggs in one basket or you, you know, you try this new thing or you take 15 supplements or whatever you're doing, taking all these hormone tests, spending all this money, time, energy, and doing everything that like the quote doctors and experts say, and you're just left feeling worse. Like there's nothing worse than that. It's a terrible feeling. 
that. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things too, where you're totally right. I could not agree more that those are the things that they tell us to do. Like, oh, if you have high estrogen, then focusing on foods that will lower estrogen. Yes. But also I'm like, why is it high in the first place? Why, why should we have to eat a ton of cruciferous veggies like that's one that's probably not great for our digestion. Yeah, <laughs> our like that health. just sounds like gurgles to me. I just but ugh. we know that certain nutrients like dim inside the cruciferous veggie can lower estrogen. But it's like okay, but why are we forcing that estrogen lowering and detox with a food instead of like figuring out why it's high in the first place? And that's kind of like how I feel about functional medicine. Is I'm like it's pretty much just conventional medicine, but with supplements. So true. I love that you just called that out because I have, I've been to two functional medicine doctors and both times I was left with maybe temporary symptom relief. That's what it is, right? It's symptom relief and like long-term, you know, you end up feeling the same or worse, or maybe, you know, better for a little bit of time. Okay. So this might be too hard of a question, but tell me about some of these potential root causes that you see, or like some that you see in your community that are common? So I would say a lot of the women that I am just thinking like my membership, like a lot of women have PCOS Mm -hmm. um, and struggle with that. That's polycystic ovarian syndrome. And PCOS is, it's like, if you look at the functional world, how they look at PCOS, they put it in boxes, right? They're like, you have um, insulin related PCOS, or you have adrenal related PCOS, or it's like inflammation Mm -hmm. PCOS. Um, But and like, it's better, it's better than conventional, right? It's, it's right. so much better. However, it's really doesn't work that way. Cause so many people are like, well, I kind of fall into like both of those boxes or I look at PCOS as a spectrum. And so I think that's like more of a unique way. Um, when you're looking at it from a metabolic perspective of like, okay, so a lot of women with PCOS, they tend to be slow metabolic types and like deficient in more minerals. Um, so if we focus on, you know, maybe upping their potassium in their diet, uh, which can be really helpful for blood sugar and insulin signaling, and then maybe we add in some magnesium, maybe we do some inositol, some like, it's, it's like, yes, it's still supplementation and using specific foods, but it's so much more like focusing on the root and the minerals. Mm-hmm. And then if you can support their metabolism, then usually their digestive issues start to improve. Their thyroid starts to improve. Um, but not always. Sometimes thyroid is like a whole other beast. And most women with PCOS usually have some sort of thyroid condition, whether it's like diagnosed or if it's just suboptimal thyroid function. Um, and so addressing that and looking at like iodine is so important. I have so many case studies where it's like PCOS and like thyroid and we focus on like iodine eating enough. I mean, I cannot tell you how many women with PCOS under eat. And I understand why, because everyone and their mother tells them to eat less and exercise more or to go low carb and do more cardio, um, or hit training. And for some people it works for a short period and then it starts to backfire. But I would say for most of them, it never works to begin with Mm -hmm. and they feel worse and they gain more weight. So it's one of those things where it's like, you just need to really understand like where that person's coming from. Like, are they depleted in certain things? Are they eating enough? Because if you're not eating enough, it doesn't matter what foods you prioritize or what supplements you take, your metabolism's not going to improve. And then nothing else is going to improve. But I would say like PCOS is a big one. And there's definitely still like a mineral metabolic kind of component. 
Um, I also have a lot of thyroid cases, I think, cause that's my history. Like I tend to like attract those people. Um, and with that, it's like, it's, there's thyroid so multifaceted. It's like, there's the food piece. Cause you have to eat regularly enough to support your T3 levels. That's your active thyroid hormone. Um, which drives me crazy. Cause like I get so many women, they're like, my doctor told me to try intermittent fasting. I'm like, no, hypothyroidism. Like, do no. we want to tank your thyroid more? But I, but I'm like, don't take nutrition advice from your doctor unless they have another degree in nutrition. Cause they have like an hour of nutrition training. Mm. So that's like a whole other thing, but like food's really important timing of food and then balancing the meals because blood sugar is just, it's such a stressor when it's not balanced. And if you already have a suboptimal functioning thyroid, it makes it even harder for you to maintain that blood sugar balance. Mm-hmm. So it's like food frequency um, and then minerals where it's like, are they deficient in iodine? Because most women are, and then they can't make thyroid hormone. Um, a lot of women take thyroid medication and I was one of these people and it didn't really help me. So they kept upping my dose and upping my oh, dose, wow. which like, it's like, I look back now and I'm like, I was already, my body's already so stressed, but then you keep giving a stressed body more, more of something that's going to boost their metabolism. So I just kept going to like burnout because it's, that's really what happens when you're over supplementing with thyroid hormone. I think people don't realize like how damaging it can be. Um, and then, you know, no one checks a full thyroid panel. Like doctors aren't looking at reverse T3, which is a, is a great marker because it's giving you insight into, do you, is your body super stressed? So like for me, when I look at someone's reverse T3, if it's high, I'm like, maybe we should back off the medication. Or if someone's just supplementing with like adrenal thyroid or like a thyroid glandular, then that's something we think about. But I'm like, you need to talk to your doctor because unfortunately most of them won't even acknowledge reverse T3. Um, but I'm like, you can at least share like how you're feeling. Right. And like that you have questions, but there's it, each thing has, there's all the different components, but like the basic summary and endometriosis too, the basic summary is like, the foods that you're eating, the timing of those foods, and then are there mineral deficiencies present? Um, and even other nutrients like vitamins present that could be making it harder for you to like actually see full function in that mm. system. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a hard summary, but I think I did it. <laughs> you did great. And I'm just thinking about so many of my audience are chronically restricting their food. And it's like, I don't know for certain because I'm not a doc. I'm not really a doctor in this field or anything like that. But, but I imagine, at least in my case, and probably a lot of them too, as as they begin to eat more and feel their bodies and enjoy food more and whatever, like symptoms can start popping up, and it can be really like I don't know what your stance is, but it sounds like like I understand the metabolism as like when you're in fight or flight, your body can kind of go maybe not numb, but you can kind of get tunnel vision and maybe you don't feel everything that's going on. Like the messages kind of stop happening. And as some of my clients, and as I was recovering from my eating disorder, I noticed that I kind of was getting more symptomatic and I was kind of getting more like as my hormones turned back on and as my, you know, ovaries in my brain were communicating again and my digestive system were communicating again, it's like, oh, I don't really feel so great. Do you have any ideas about what that could be? Yes. And I will say I see this in, I mean, I think most women I see are under eating. I will say that, but not 
all, um, but some just have other stressors that they prefer uh, to prioritize instead. But basically, no matter where you're coming from, if you're coming from a high stress state, say that it's be and under eating is definitely one of the most stressful ones because that's, you know, our body's biological instinct is to like slow everything down, but also to make a lot of stress hormone to deal with that. So if you have a ton of stress hormone pumping, like cortisol, it feels good. Like that's why when people think about it, when someone fasts for like they're fasting at first, they might be like, I have so much clarity and energy. It's like, yeah, because you have so much cortisol pumping through your veins right now. And that puts you on high alert. It makes you have energy. So when you start to heal, say eating enough, eating more regularly, and those cortisol levels drop, all that anti-inflammatory hormone is gone. Um, so you might, a lot of people like notice like joint pain and like more body aches and stuff. Um, but then also you don't have as much energy because you're not running off of stress hormones. So it's, it's like this shift. And I think it's probably one of the hardest parts in that healing journey is going from like thinking you felt better before, but knowing that you, you need to keep doing all these things. Cause you're like, I want this end result, but like that in between, it's really hard because you're like, am I doing the right thing? But usually if you feel worse before you feel better, it means that you were just really stressed out before. Whoa. Interesting how life works that way. Yeah. I know so much of my work with my clients is like, let's push through. Let's one week trial, two week trial, one month trial. Like, let's just, let's, let's give our body a chance to, you know, this, this chronic stress or this chronic adapted metabolism, like it has repercussions. And I guess sometimes we feel them, you know, after the fact, or, you know, when we're on our healing journey, it's like, sometimes we, that, that energy doesn't just go away. You know, it's gotta be circulated through the body, so to speak. Um, that's and I think opinion. some people don't realize that they're stressed, mm-hmm. you know, cause they've been in, I, I can't tell you how many people I've worked with that they've been in fight or flight their whole lives. So like maybe they had like a really rough childhood, Um, and so like, even as a small child, like a toddler, they've been like super stressed out. And so these are usually the people that deal with anxiety pretty much all the time, no matter what. And it's because, and when their stress hormones start to go down, they, they're like, oh no, this is not Mm -hmm. right. Because they're so used to being in fight or flight that it doesn't feel safe for their bodies to calm down. Um, Coach Alyssa Chang is an amazing... Do you follow her? No, I'm going to write her name down. I did a podcast episode with her, Alyssa Chang. Um, Everyone go follow her that's listening. She is is like a warm hug. That's the Mm -hmm. best way to describe Alyssa. But I have a great episode with her. And we just talk about um, focusing more on being like really kind to yourself when you're healing and and looking at it from more like a nervous system perspective. And she's so good at breaking down the different states and symptoms that you can have if you're stuck in a certain nervous system state. And for me, I just, and a lot of people I work with, it's just helpful. It's just like, it's good to know like, oh, you know, I maybe am stuck in this like fawn state. And that's why these things provide me comfort. And it's harder for me to do these things. And I think it just lets yourself be a little more gentle when you're trying to implement new things, especially if we see it work for someone else. It's like, you have to just put your blinders on when you're healing and focus on your own healing journey. Cause most of us are just, we're coming from different backgrounds. You know, we've been through a completely different life and we're in a different nervous system state and that's going to impact how you heal. Um, Oh my gosh. And what was I going to say? Oh, for women, the other thing you have to keep in mind, if you're going crazy on your healing journey, we are cyclical creatures. Mm -hmm. And so 
it's so much harder to see change faster. And the last 100 days is going to impact your current cycle. So if you're someone that is experiencing hormone symptoms, um, or even like that, maybe not during your cycle, but just in general, like fatigue, uh, or like you feel like your body's really inflamed, maybe you're not making enough progesterone or something, you have to make all the changes you're applying, like at least give yourself three full cycles, Mm -hmm. um, or a hundred days in order to see a change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I say that to my clients too. They're like, it's hard. I'm eating so much more. I'm like laying in bed all day, not really laying in bed, but you know, not exercising. Like they're completely changed their lives around. And they're like, I hardly have any cervical mucus or like, I don't, my boobs don't hurt, you know? And I'm like, it's okay. Like just give it some time. And, um, so that's a really, really important, um, that's a really important point. Okay. I would love to dive a little bit more into the minerals because so you had said minerals are like spark plugs to enzymes or enzymes are yeah. spark. Okay. Tell, tell me more about minerals. Why don't so you just take the floor? <laughs> enzymes are proteins. So we need minerals to activate them. Um, a great example is iron. Iron's a mineral, but in order to use and make iron in the body, we have a whole recycling system. And that system has these little enzymes that take it to the next step and move it around. Those enzymes are run by copper and vitamin A. It's by ceruloplasmin, but that's a really fancy way to say copper. I, I listened to the iron activated. episode that you both did um, yeah. like three times. <laughs> yeah. It's just, so it's like if we have these enzymes that kick off reactions in the body, whether that's like building muscle, um, breaking muscle down when we work out and then rebuilding it after or making a hormone, um, anything really. And think about all the, the things in the body that like replenish every single day. It's just like, we use up so many minerals, um, even to make stomach acid, we need certain minerals and we need a healthily functioning thyroid. Uh, so minerals really are, if you look at like, okay, like for example, um, if someone's having digestive issues, maybe they're either having like loose stools or constipation and lots of bloating. Um, usually it's alternating the two. Uh, and then they're trying to figure out, they're like, I think it might be thyroid related. But when I get my thyroid checked, it's normal, but then maybe they do like a hair mineral test and they have super low sodium. And usually with that is like low potassium, we need sodium to make stomach acid. So like, that's like a big kind of wake up call, like, okay. And then potassium is really important for using thyroid hormone. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like one of those things where people always want like a very black and white, like, okay, this is low, this is high. This is what I have to fix. So I have to eat and take, but it's if you think about minerals, like, yes, like optimizing certain foods and taking certain supplements help, but how do we use up minerals? And it's through the stress response. And we're not, we're never going to get rid of stress. We shouldn't because stress is actually good for us. Uh, It's when we have too much and then we're depleted where we run into typical like symptoms and issues. Wow. Okay. So incredible. So really this is, it's so complex. And what I'm thinking is when do like this is a super general question generalization i'm sure but when do when do women need to just trust their bodies and like eat more food versus like when do they need to get their minerals tested you know what i mean does that make sense yeah i would say so i always say like step one is always going to be food and things like optimize like i would potassium everyone needs more potassium like tell me more besides bananas potatoes and tomatoes are like potatoes are the highest potatoes and tomatoes um 
even things like coconut water, that's a great source, but any fruit, like fruit's awesome for so many things, but it, it is also typically a great source of potassium. Um, but potatoes are definitely the highest. All my clients are like, yes, potatoes. Oh, amazing. Um, so those are ones that you can definitely add in. That's why I always talk about adrenal cocktails too. That's when, that's where I have everyone start is adrenal cocktails. And it's like, have you talked about them before? I've only talked about Instagram. I'd love for you to t- talk okay. about it. Yeah. So an adrenal cocktail, like once you are eating enough and slowly working on nourishing your body, adding in that can be really helpful because it's a mix of sodium, potassium, and whole food vitamin C. So it does a few things. Um, the sodium potassium support your adrenals because we use up sodium during the stress response. We also need vitamin C for our adrenals. And the whole point is like, like you said, most of us, it's like we can get really frustrated that we're not making progress super quickly, but a lot of us have been really hammering our bodies for decades and <laughs> many years, right? So mm-hmm. we're kind of like, why, are, why aren't I healing overnight? Um, it's because you've been doing this to your body for like 10 years plus. Um, so it takes a long time. But if you do things like build up a healthy stress response, it's so helpful on the healing journey. Because again, like you're always going to have stressors. You just want your body to be able to handle them better. That's really the goal is not to get rid of it. So sodium, potassium upping those really helps. Um, and I love doing that through food. The adrenal cocktail is nice because it also hydrates you. And a lot of us, we're just drinking a ton of water that doesn't have any minerals in it. And then we're peeing it all out. If we're like, why am I peeing all the time? Um, that's another sign. That that's another actually, sign. I know that, that I should have mentioned before is peeing all the time. I yeah. see it, it's that it's not technically hormone. I would, it's like stress hormone imbalance because drinking tons of water without minerals, it depletes your minerals, like sodium, potassium, but then it also, it can increase certain stress hormones, especially if you're waking up at night to pee. Um, that's kind of like a big red flag. So it helps to hydrate you and make sure you're like absorbing the liquids that you're drinking. Um, and I just see so many people add them in and they already start to see changes. Like their skin's a little better. Their period's a little less painful. Um, a lot of it's having to do with how it regulates iron which is most of us have some sort of imbalance in, but adrenal cocktail, it's like just once a day. A lot of people like to do it twice. If you're super stressed, do more. Um, I have a million recipes. My favorite is coconut water, lime, and sea salt. Oh, I haven't heard that one before. Coconut water, lime, and sea salt. That sounds like a pina colada. It's, I started drinking it during pregnancy and I have not stopped. It's like I bathed them before, but I never like loved it. But that's like the only one I've made for the last like year. Do you add collagen? Some people add like collagen or protein to it. I don't for coconut water because it's lighter. Um, mm-hmm. So usually people's first concern when I talk about adrenal cocktails is your blood sugar. Like what's going to happen to your blood sugar? Um, it is not that many carbs, first of all, <laughs> at once. If you have blood sugar, insulin issues, if you have thyroid issues, I could definitely see it throwing people off if they do it on an empty stomach. Uh, you, the, the original adrenal cocktail is like half a cup of orange juice, half a cup of coconut water and sea salt. That's kind of like mm. how it all started. Um, but then everyone's like, I can't do orange juice cause I have histamine issues or reflux or whatever. And I'm like, you could do any juice you want guys. You don't have to just <laughs> do orange juice. The whole point is that you get a vitamin C source. So I use the lime for that. And then the coconut water is potassium. And then the sea salt is your sodium. So any mixture you want to make, I've had clients come up with delicious versions of it. I usually only add collagen if I'm doing like 
orange juice, coconut milk, and right. coconut water, right. like a thick, creamy mm-hmm. one. Um, but yeah, it just depends on the person. You can also do it with a snack or meal if you're worried about your blood sugar. Beautiful. Um, something really interesting I just thought of when you said the salt, sodium stuff is I do have a lot of clients from chronic restriction who are like, I just love putting so much salt on my food and I'm so worried about it. And I'm always like, do it like salt your food. What do you think of that? We all need more salt. Um, and I I will say it needs to be in balance with potassium. If -hmm. someone is seeing fluid retention, it's most likely because they're not getting enough potassium. And as soon as I have people added more potassium, they're like, okay, it's gone. I'm like, okay, have a a salty potato. (laughs) I know. You know, so it's one of those things like you start to freak out, but then you make one change. You're like, all right, my bad. It was, I was freaking out for nothing, but um, it's hard. It's hard to like find that balance. That's why I'm like, you you can't do it wrong. You just have to start experimenting, but we need sodium. We need it for our stress response, especially if you have a long history of dieting or even like, I just think of like, growing up, it changed so many times. It was like low sodium, especially as, as a dietitian in my training, even though the research is so flawed, the research around salt is so bad. There's a great book called the salt fix that goes through the research. Um, and we also have a ton of research that shows that people made the same improvements in their blood pressure with having this, like having more sodium in their diet, but the foods were less processed. So, and which is kind of like, I feel like common sense, but I also understand if like everyone's doctors, like don't overdo salt. Um, I think it's really, they're just thinking about if you're eating a ton of processed foods, there's a lot of ingredients in those that could potentially impact your health. But if you're doing like, if you're salting your food that you're making, like do not stress about. Totally. Tell me more about mineral testing. So I like hair mineral testing. Um, I got into this when I was, I still had my copper ID. I was dealing with estrogen dominance. Nothing was helping. I'm like talking to all my practitioner friends. I'm like, what do I do? And they're like, well, maybe it's the copper. You should do a hair test. Um, and so I'm like, oh, that's weird. So I start looking into like, is a hair test real? Is it valid? <laughs> no, I'm like, this sounds so fake. <laughs> yeah. So there's actually a lot of research around hair tests, especially for minerals and for heavy metals. And so I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And then I saw like huge copper imbalances. Um, now I look back and I'm like, I addressed that all wrong. <laughs> I would do it differently today. It was, took me so long to heal because I didn't know what I was doing, but, um, that's why we go back to school and we learn. Um, but hair mineral tests, it's nice. Cause it's like, you can do it at home. You're just cutting about like a heaping teaspoon of hair. Have you done one? I haven't, but I'm so curious. But I just like my hair's like bleached and like, I don't know. Is that okay? But your roots are. No, I could take like a little. Do you just need like a really, really small little bit? Yeah. Of hair? So it's, it's basically, it's about a heaping teaspoon of hair. So what you, yeah. So what you do is you, but you only keep it from the root. Got so it. what I do is I put my hair like half up and then I, and half down. And then I take a little chunk from the back and then I cut as close as I can to the scalp. And then from that piece, you cut off an inch and a half. So it's only like an inch and a half from the scalp. That's going to show you the last three months. And this is another reason I like hair testing is because if we look at blood work, we're seeing one moment in time. And it doesn't mean that blood work is not helpful, but I can't tell you how many people I have freak out about cholesterol, hormones. And I'm like, guys, this is one moment. Like it could be different now. Even you did this like a week ago. Um, but hair testing shows us a nice three month picture. 
And it's not as straightforward. So everyone's intimidated by hair testing. A lot of practitioners don't use it or they don't use it correctly because you don't read it like a high or a low or optimal. Like you kind of do in some ways, but when you look at a hair test, you're really seeing your stress response, like exactly how you are responding to stress for the last few months. Um, and yes, you can look at like low potassium, low sodium, you want to optimize those, but sometimes we see things like really low iron, but then you have like really high zinc and high boron. Those are signs that your iron's probably actually high. So there's a little, there's a few like, like I guess the ratios. Yeah. And there's ratios that show you like your systems in the body. Like there's a thyroid ratio, calcium and potassium. If calcium is really high, that can slow down our thyroid. If potassium is low, so can that. So if you have a very high ratio, it means slow thyroid function. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an adrenal ratio, blood sugar ratio. The ratios are not perfect though. I have a course that teaches you how to read it. And people get caught up in the ratios and I'm like, take a step back because your blood sugar ratio might be perfect. But then if you look at your potassium, that's low, which is important for blood sugar. So usually what I say is when you do a first hair test, you're really focusing on calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium, because those are your macro minerals. So those are going to have the biggest impact on all the rest of your levels because all minerals are synergistic, just like vitamins and vitamins and minerals are synergistic together, which is like why. Um, (laughs) it sounds complex, but when you see a hair test and you understand like, okay, I'm a slow one metabolic type. What does that mean? Oh, it means I have this type of stress response. And then you think, oh, that makes sense because I have X, Y, and Z symptoms. Right. Um, so it's, it's so much easier when you see your test and you're only focusing on yourself versus me trying to explain like all the different type of mineral scenarios. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's really cool. You do it at home. You send it into the lab. Um, it's neat. And a lot of people like it if they don't like getting their blood drawn. <laughs> They're like, this is so much better. Wait, I'm so I'm sold. Like I, okay. So I think I need to, here's the thing is I take magnesium. So I supplement with magnesium, um, which I actually haven't been doing for the past few days because I've been traveling. Um, so I think what I need to do probably is like give myself, how long should I give myself before I take the test? Like not taking anything and just living my life. Um, I'd be curious to see what it looks like taking the magnesium though, too. So if you want to see nothing, you could do three months. People always ask me and I'm like, it doesn't really matter because you're going to see the last few months anyway. And you still want to know like how you're responding to that stress. Mm -hmm. Um, magnesium is an interesting one. I was just talking to one of my nutritionists about this. Uh, one of our clients is trying to understand like, why we're recommending that she stop the magnesium she's taking. And it's because her sodium and potassium are super low and she retested her hair and they're still really low, but she's been on like very high dose magnesium for a long time. And it's great. We're all deficient in magnesium most likely, but magnesium can create like a positive stress response in the body. And then you use up your sodium and potassium and you can't replenish them. Um, so for most people, that's why I always say start with adrenal cocktails and sodium potassium rich foods, um, and get that first and then take magnesium. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So it's one of those, it's like, everyone's on it, but a lot of people are like, I felt better at first and now I don't like notice a difference or I never noticed a difference and I'm still super fatigued. And I'm like, it's probably sodium potassium. Wow. I'm just thinking how much easier or like glamorous. I don't know how to say glamorous, but how much easier it is 
maybe less scary for especially like my audience who's chronically restricting and has like food fears to just go and buy a supplement, go buy magnesium, go buy a multivitamin, go buy whatever. And then versus like having having an extra potato or two, you know, or having coconut water and orange juice. Like that's, I get it. You know, that seems so, um, my old eating disorder archetype self is like, ah, no, I'll just go to the vitamin shop and get, you know, whatever I need from there and just pop a pill. So Especially when you see carbs, like I know juices, like people are like, what you want me to drink (laughs) juice? And I'm like, if it works for you, you know, like, I mean, I think about like the coconut lime when I make it, there's probably, I don't even know, like maybe like 15 grams of carbs in it, maybe less, but it's like back in the day that I would have been like, I have to pair this with protein, which I do always recommend balancing your meals so that you feel good. You're satisfied. You know, your brain works, um, your hormones are balanced, but it's something like that where it's like, you know, it's, it's not going to hurt you. <laughs> and I think the beautiful thing, and one thing that really helped my relationship with food is letting myself heal with food. Cause it just yeah. changed it. So it's mu- so much more positive versus like, this is like a negative that's going to do something bad to me where it's like, no, actually adding this in and not focusing on taking things out, like really mm. supported my health. So true. I think so many of my listeners and so many women are just wronged into this like restrictive mindset and they're told that they're doing the wrong things and they're bad or whatever, like this, you know, just restrictive mindset. And it's just such a shame because in reality, like so much healing happens with that abundance and with adding in and, you know, being grateful. Tell me more about, I guess, like bioavailability of foods and minerals and how your body absorbs them differently with the state of mind you're in. Yeah. Vitamin P pleasure. Um, one thing really quick, I feel like you would appreciate is I did a dairy series. I did it like a long time ago and I redid it this summer when I was on maternity leave and I, we got so many messages from people that were like, thank you so much. Like I haven't eaten dairy in this many years and I added it back in and I feel so good. I was, it was such a big food fear, especially for like health. I mean, and hormones, like everyone's like, I can't believe you tell people to eat dairy and you're like a hormone dietitian. I'm like, there's so much, there's research for everything, but there's a lot of research on the benefits. Um, but it's one of those foods that is so nutrient rich and mineral rich, and it's an animal food. So the proteins and minerals from it, you just absorb them so much easier than we, we absorb minerals from plants. We do like potatoes. We're just talking about, um, but like certain ones, like leafy greens, they can be a great source of calcium. They're one of my favorites. If someone cannot do dairy, they get like really bad GI issues, cooked leafy greens, you're going to absorb way more of those minerals, especially if you pair it with a fat. Like if you cook it in a fat, you'll get more. Um, but it's, it's like, we can't act like we get the same protein, vitamins and minerals from plants. We just don't, Mm. they don't have the same amino acids. Um, and they have these built-in mechanisms to protect them from being eaten, right? Like, leafy greens like they have a ton of phytates and phytic acid same thing with like grains and legumes and so yeah we're going to absorb less minerals from those doesn't mean we should never eat them but i really like a mix of animal and plant foods i feel like that's what people enjoy um so like for example if someone doesn't enjoy their food there was a study uh in i think it was a group of irish people i have it here 
no, Swedish and Thailand. So they did, they had a group of women from Sweden, a group of women from Thailand. They made different meals. So like they all had this Swedish meal, traditional meal, and then they tested their minerals after, like before and after. And they saw that the Thai women after the Swedish meal did not absorb certain minerals like iron from that meal. They hated it. They're like, what is this food? And then when they did this traditional Thai meal, the Swedish women did not absorb as much. And then they also blended up the meals, which is disgusting. Um, Like like a smoothie? Yeah. And made it like, basically, they're trying to make it extremely unpalatable right like they want no one to <laughs> that <enjoy> works <laughs> that's fine <laughs> that works and so even and from that it was even worse so it just shows that like if you do and there was another one on cholesterol and like processed foods and how um they had like a, rest- a group that was like very strict and followed like a low cholesterol diet which i really hope we all know that we make cholesterol in the body and if we have irregularities in cholesterol it's most likely a thyroid or a liver issue but anyway so they do this study. They're like, one has like a restricted cholesterol diet. One, they get to have splurge days where they get to like eat whatever they want. Cholesterol levels of both groups, exactly the same. They both improved. Mm-hmm. So it just shows you like we ha- there has to be some level of enjoyment and pleasure from our food. One, think about digestion. It starts in the brain, right? And like, are you going to slow down and chew that meal? Or are you going to be trying to get through it because you really don't want to be eating it? You know, all that's going to impact your digestion, absorption. It's just so interesting. Um, so interesting. Food that's psychology a- has great stuff on that. Yeah, I studied at the Institute for Psychology of Eating. That was yeah. one of my main fun school experiences. And it was so fascinating and such a it's so uh it's such a good place to start, honestly. Like it is. that's like basically how I work with all my clients who have, you know, digestive symptoms, hormonal symptoms. It's like, let's just like you're coming from like you have an eating disorder. Like that's a huge stress. Like straight away, like your body is just not even receptive or open to the idea of pleasure. Like these ideas of that you have about what this food is going to do to you that are negative, you are literally manifesting them like bite by bite, you know? So it's, it's really, really such an important place to work. And, you know, I just love, I love generalizing, generalize, I love to generally uh, prioritize food pleasure over, you know, like let's micro talk about your symptoms. Cause it's just yeah. such a, that, at least for my audience, that's just such a huge aspect of life. Um, so thanks for bringing that up. And I feel like it's like, it also connects us to people. Like I posted that I do like pizza nights on Sundays. I grew up always having pizza night on Sundays and now I make like a sourdough pizza. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, my husband's deployed right now. And like, I wasn't doing it before, but I'm like, I have, like, I enjoy this and it's like a, something to look forward to during the week. And it really does make me enjoy my food more because it gets very old cooking for yourself. It's like, oh, I, when you go from like always cooking with someone else to like not, it's hard. I'm like, oh, every time he deploys, it's like the same thing. And so this time I'm like, I'm going to make pizza night, even if it's just for me and little things like that, or like, instead of like rushing and just making a whatever meal, which I do most of the time, I like try to like really make a meal that I'm going to enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. and do something like nice for myself. Cause it's like food is so much more than just fueling our bodies. I know I'm kind of tired of f- food as fuel as the mantra uh, yeah. um, and stuff. I'm like, wait, it's actually so much more than that. 
I yeah. love that. I'm, I'm going to have to, I got to restart the sourdough thing. I have a starter in my fridge. That's got, what is it? The, what is it called? And it's got like the liquid, it's just growing. I'm like, Oh gosh, I think I need to start <laughs> this one over. <laughs> um, but I love that. I love uh, making pizza crust out of sourdough starter because it's pretty much foolproof. You don't need to do I know, you all the extra stuff do. We just put it there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually just wanted to say, I'm so, I just thought about the dairy thing. I wanted to bring this up when I posted on dairy, I posted this like really sweet reel. It was supposed to be wholesome and sweet. And I just, I'm, I really much appreciate these people who are on board or at least open to the idea, which I definitely had feedback where people were like, thank you so much for normalizing dairy. Thank you so much for like, whatever, you know, sharing your opinion on it. And then I also lost like a thousand followers. Yeah. People oh, like, people get very upset about dairy and yeah. God forbid you mentioned raw milk. I'm like, we have so much information about raw milk now. And then I just like, I'm breastfeeding right now. And I'm like, that's raw milk. I mean, there's like all these powerful antibodies in there, like immune antibodies that are just so helpful for us. So yeah, people get very worked up about, I had to warn because my new, my two nutritionists were posting the social media posts and we did like a two week dairy series. And in my notes inside, we use like a sauna to organize. I'm like, please do not be discouraged by mean comments. Do not respond to mean comments, you know, like just ignore all that stuff because they're not used to like getting, you know, thousands of people like saying crazy things to them. And they were like, oh man, you know, I get a text like, man, it's really hard. I'm trying to like not get too disgusted. I'm like, it's it's social media is it's hard and it really messes with you and i'm like yeah imagine if you had to put yourself in like that our audience's shoes like a woman that's so confused about food and just trying to make the best choices for her health i'm like we're we're doing something good for her so we'll just let all the comments i mean i think anyone who's who's either hating on this or loving it whatever it is like those everyone you know deserves to have everyone deserves to have knowledge and like some people are just more receptive to new information than others. And it's, it's, it's literally like, I mean, I live in LA and I don't, I think I'm the only one I know in my life who like regularly consumes like (laughs) cow's milk. Like I, I, I have friends and people who like have like yogurt or goat's milk or cow's milk, yogurt or ice cream. But I feel like people like come over to my place. They like open up my fridge and like, is this milk? And I'm like, yep. You want some? You can get good raw milk there, though. Oh yeah, I'm surprised. yeah. Where where you don't you don't have access to raw milk? I it's, can get it. It's at illegal. Grocery. I oh, wish it's no. illegal where I live. I have a hookup, but it's okay, not easy. Good. Oh geez, yeah. Mine's I know. Like, I live like right down the street from a grocery store that has a, like abundance of raw cream, raw milk. Oh, like, that's so yeah. nice. Really I nice. have so I have quite a few women in my membership that live in california so if you want more dairy lovers i can connect you okay let's do it (laughs) oh my we'll just drink raw milk together sounds like a good time um okay amazing i'm definitely going to do the hair mineral testing i i'm gonna look into it like that this i actually looked into it way before i reached out to you like probably six months ago because it's so fascinating to me and it's such a cool thing and yeah, I'm so sick of the blood tests, the blood work, because also like the state of mind that I'm in when I'm getting my blood drawn, I'm like, surely the stress of me <laughs> looking at the blood leaving my body is like probably impacting not eating, <laughs> not going yeah, fast. fast. It's like the so worst. True. It's like 6am. I'm like, okay, this is not good. 
So oh. I'm definitely going to look into that. How can my audience also look into that and find you? Like, tell me, tell me where you are online. So I'm at Hormone Healing RD on Instagram. Same on YouTube. You can just put Hormone Healing RD after the YouTube website. Um, I have a podcast called Are You Menstrual? Season three starts in mid-September. We have like 48 episodes. I was like going through them all the other day to organize stuff. And I was like, wow, we have a lot of episodes. Um, and then, so I have my Master Your Minerals course. That's kind of like my main offering that teaches you how to interpret your hair test. And it, it, there's a lot of content in there. I do a monthly case study for it because it's so helpful to like see me go through someone's tests and ask them questions and like hear their perspective. And then you're like, oh yeah. So then for me, it's like this, this, and this. Um, and I have a membership that you can join from there. If you're like, I really want more support. I want to be surrounded by cool women, a place to ask questions. Um, and then with the mineral course, if you want to order a hair test, that's how you would order it. I don't sell them separately because you will not know how to read it. And then you're mm. going to be DMing me on Instagram and I can't. Okay. So my audience can use code Kate Noel to save some money and it's already pretty affordable. I would say compared to other tests that I've seen. And, um, I like that you also offer your course it was a course I guess it would be with yeah. it too um that's super important and the one cool thing and I, I one of the questions I usually get is like how do I test can I test again in the future you can you don't buy the whole course again you can just purchase a hair test inside the course and everyone's like can I do one for my partner yes you can order a hair test for your partner um we try to make it immediate family member only because we want them to be able to go through the course with you <laughs> otherwise they're not going to understand their test mm -hmm. um no one really abuses it so I don't ever say anything but you know that's the goal is that because we feel like if you're doing it and then you have your partner also doing it if you have one it's just nice to like each have your own test results and nerd out together Oh, so good. Okay. I'll leave the information down in the show notes of the website and the code and everything. If somebody wants to check it out, um, I'll, I'll be there too. I'll be checking it out too. <laughs> so um, yay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I, I literally cannot wait to edit this episode and share it. Um, not that it, there needs to be much editing, um, but I'm just so excited to share you with my audience. Like you're such a valuable resource. So thank you so much for all the work you do and for being here. Thanks for having me. This was fun.